Blog Talk Radio. either presently live or across time, because I always want to recognize that your energy across time, no matter where you are listening listening or when you are listening, is very much present with us today, and we are here with you, and thank you for sharing this energetic space with us. Um, today, I am going to bring on the line in just a moment an absolutely delightful guest that we have had. It's been some time since she's been on the show, and it's really wonderful that we're bringing her on again today. Susie Miller is with us, and Susie is someone, oh, what a radiant soul. I so admire Susie and her wonderful journey to her own authenticity and sharing her gifts and continuing to unfold her gifts in the world. Susie, I consider her a visionary researcher. She's far beyond an author and a speaker, although she's that as well. She looks deeply and she truly explores and intuitively discovers and shares with us the things that we need to know. Susie, Um, previously came on the show to talk about her book that really has been pivotal, Awesomeism, A New Way to Understand the Diagnosis of Autism. And she is now, um, she has developed that work, and we're going to talk about that, how she's working with people and teaching people to work in, in new ways in that area. But she's also introducing a wonderful new program on the journey back to love which can help every one of us Um, Susie like many of the guests to this show has a conventional I'll put that in quotes background that flowed into what she really is in a more expansive way she is a former pediatric speech language pathologist and she has a master's degree in education, and this set the foundation and gave her the experiences to become a pioneer in truly understanding what is going on in that world of um, the diagnosis of autism and, and what it truly is, or even without a diagnosis, what is truly going on in an expansive level. And now she's bringing this same depth 
and expansiveness to this work that can help all of us with the most fundamental concepts about who we all are and love and how we truly can live love-filled lives in joy. So I want to encourage you to visit her website, suzymiller.com, and a thank you at the outset to Blog Talk Radio for highlighting this show because um, those of you who are joining us perhaps for the first time, you may hear some things that are really new. I know I love the Blog Talk Radio environment, how people walk into different things. Um, you are meant to be here. Thank you for being here with us today. So without further delay, I just feel very energized today. I am going to bring Susie on the line. Welcome back to the show, Susie. Thanks, Susan. Thanks for having me. Well, it really is wonderful to have you back, and I so admire how you have combined um, the you know, the, the research-oriented aspects of your path with, with just everything that you are intuitively. And you've really worked with some wonderful people as well doing the same thing, some very respected individual, individuals. <laughs> but thank you for being here today. Thank you. I want to give you the opportunity, Susie, to tell us how your work um, – on awesomeism has now expanded into an exploration of this new program that helps us flow more authentically into love. How did those two things connect together? Yeah, um, it's, you know, I, I think from the moment that I kind of got the had that connection with the collective consciousness of the children or with different individual children, you know, those individuals that were sharing kind of that broader perspective of who they were and that kind of thing. One of the things that was fundamental in those connections and conversations was this whole concept of love and how the majority of these children were really um, supporting a much broader perspective of love. And whether it was that, you know, they were simply uh, challenges um, within their, in their families or whether they were challenging to education systems or those kinds of things, when, when I would ask them about that, they would always say that, you know, we're here to offer an opportunity to love beyond what we've been, what you've been able to love before. So, you know, so anybody knows that if they have a child that has any challenges, complications, you know, physical, mental, emotional kinds of issues, I mean, that right there is a pretty big invitation to, I mean, their parents will very naturally and organically kind of grow themselves simply to be able to, you know, connect to and love that child, you know, and very often beyond what they have necessarily considered um, they would have to do in the past, right? So yeah. so that was kind of the, that was what I was getting from the kids so often about what they were bringing to humanity was really this new opportunity to love. And when I started down that path, 
you know, it's like we all hear things, right? We all hear things from whatever sources we get, and we think, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I, I get that. And and I think I did get it from the perspective of my professional life, you know, working with the children and facilitating um, their parents in coming into greater connections and awarenesses of who they really were and what they were here to offer. But it's quite another thing when it comes right down into your personal life, right? <laughs> so Absolutely. When, when you're looking when we're looking at those opportunities to love beyond what we thought we could love before and it becomes personal, you know, um, that's, that's really where the journey back to love started for me. And I, you know, I, I truly believe, I mean, the kids have said this for a long time and I am understanding that myself more and more all the time. It's, you know, from the moment we get here until the moment we leave this planet, we're given one opportunity after another to love beyond what we thought we could love before. And that doesn't necessarily mean loving somebody or something outside of ourselves. Um, a matter of fact, I think that's secondary to our capacity to actually love those places and spaces within ourselves that kind of arise that we would rather not look at or rather not pay attention to, rather not see. Um, and, you know, we're kind of conditioned as a humanity to kind of push away from those things that don't feel so good. But those, what I found over the years is, man, it's just chucked full of awareness and um and capacity to love and all kinds of things, just provided we all just sit with it, be with it, you know, give ourselves the opportunity to love ourselves beyond what we thought we could love before. Yes, yes. You know, something that I really appreciate as I explore um, what you have to say about your program um, on your website, Susie, is um, I think that, that many of us who have had you know, truly what you call, um, and many of us call, multidimensional experiences or, or just feel, um, you know, we've we've truly, and we may not see it this way at first. In fact, part of my own journey has been seeing it this way, is, is just feeling really thankful to be able mm-hmm. to be connected in a greater mm-hmm. way. There seems to be a paradox there sometimes, and this <laughs> captured in fact you kind of got me almost choked up as I was reading this because I was feeling this within myself is that we think that we feel this disconnect sometimes it's like we Mm -hmm. so want to connect deeper you know and yet and we think we're looking outside of ourselves to make that deep connection and the more that I read and think about what you're sharing is that perhaps what we're really attempting to do is accept who we really are, that we're still mm-hmm. still projecting these voices of judgment that mm-hmm. are you know, contrary to love. And and it's more about, like you say, connecting fully with, hey, you know, this is you know, this is a wonderful unfolding experience, you know, who I am. And <laughs> and we feel sometimes disconnected, um being this way in our world, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yet um, 
we're called to to this deeper understanding. You really call us um, to a deep level here. Well, I think that the other piece of that too, Susan, that's a that's a beautiful way to look at it. And you know, I know in my own experience, especially if um, having one, I kind of have a tendency to have one multidimensional experience experience after another. And yeah. you know, for those of us who don't haven't didn't necessarily go looking for this or asking for it, right? When that first starts happening, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a very legitimate reason why we feel disconnected from, you know, those around us and such because, you know, we are having experiences that that others have not experienced, you know, or they haven't had those. Yeah. And so and it's not that they um, they're they're not willing to understand, or they're not willing to listen, or or have some curiosity. Because I have found quite a few people throughout my life that that have that curiosity. But I think it's I think you're right. It naturally kind of feels alienating to be having experiences that other people aren't having. Yeah. And yeah. And I don't know about you, but there have been more than a few times that I have also thought you know, it might be nice to just not have these, <laughs> you know, it's like, it might be nice <laughs> to be able to just kind of, and so it is a paradox. It's like, on the one hand, it does have a tendency to kind of um, make you feel separate. And on the other hand, it's giving you the opportunity to love whatever that awareness is or whatever those gifts are. And, a long time ago, too, one of the kids had said to me, you know, when you decide to connect with us or when you decide to connect with anything multidimensional or anyone else, for that matter, physically, they they said, set the intention that you don't see anything that you can't do something about. And I I really liked that idea because now I kind of consider that, you know, if I'm seeing it, if I'm seeing it in somebody else or if I'm seeing it as part of a multidimensional experience, it must be it must be meaningful that my attention is there. Does that make sense? It's like oh, and I yeah. and I there's something about that that then helps um it, it can help us value what we're putting our attention on. You know, we're not we don't put our attention on things for no reason. It's because we can actually do something about it. Yeah. 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 You know, um, my own experience with um, with opening up to to greater awareness. I want to I want to hook on to the comment you made a little bit earlier about like sometimes we wish these things didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I um, awakened very dramatically after a life. A brush with my mortality, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And it was very, it forced me to think about things I had kind of suppressed for a very long time because mm-hmm. I grew up very conservatively, Susie, and and it turns out within me was this tremendous conflict, and it really has mm-hmm. to do with love. And um, deep down, um, I just couldn't accept, you know, some of these more conservative views about, you know, if you face your mortality and you've been raised conservatively, Mm -hmm. 
might think you're you're being thrown into hell, right? If you're not yep, quite totally. receiving what didn't make sense about the divine. And for me, my whole life, it it coming into relationship with love had to do with mm-hmm. disconnect early on as a child where none of this made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny how children, because you talk about innocence, and how we, we find that innocent space. And, you know, I was known, I someone shared a note that I wrote as a child, basically um, someone, I was in church, and I wrote this note, and I was a child, where they were apparently saying you're to love your enemies. And so mm-hmm. I wrote on the note, but I said to, to a family member, um, but doesn't that mean we should love the devil? <laughs> yeah. those out there who aren't on this path are going to say, there you go, you know, that's a, you know, but that's not what I did. It was like, wait a second, what does it mean? You know, how can we be so disconnected? It was like as a child I mm-hmm. saw this. So this disconnect was very fundamental. Um, and I know a lot yeah. of people out there have had this experience where, um, and, and for me it came to a head. Basically there came a point where I had to deal with it and it kind of, broke me open for a while, mm-hmm. really pretty dramatically. And then my experience has eased. It's like I kind of stepped back from that that really yeah, dramatic. That intensity. Now my multidimensional yeah. experience, it's just kind of, you know, cool synchronicities here and there. It's nothing I'm, I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, but that mm-hmm. I was, you know, the more dramatic type things. This is a very long introduction, but I know there are many people out there who have had <laughs> elements of this experience. And and it's like sometimes when we awaken, it can really shake us up. I mean, not just sometimes. I mean, it just, it just, mm-hmm. it rocks our whole world. And it can take many years to come back to where we really want to be. Here's, here's the core of the question. In our intent, where we really want to be in our space of love and intent with mm-hmm. our authentic selves and the authentic yep. divine and how we relate to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, first I just want to, you know, make a comment. I just, I love the fact that as a child that you were aware that, you know, not just that you pointed out to people that we might be responsible also for loving the devil, but there's something in you from the get-go that probably knew that you could love the devil. <laughs> you know, it's like well, you had that capacity. Well, the devil, actually. That, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, I, I think it, to me, that was the big thing is I just didn't believe it. You know, I didn't believe that, <laughs> yeah. that God could, could throw people into hell. I mean, to me, that was... Yeah. That didn't sound so yeah. good. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it was like this innocent, and to have proof of it is mm-hmm. funny because, you know, I knew yeah. that I had the disconnect, and then a family member surfaces this note, and it's like, yep, <laughs> yeah. there you yeah. go. So, so well, yeah, children can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, children can see, and they're, you know, and we kind of get glimpses of who we're, who we're becoming, you know, right from a very early age, you know, in some of the things that we share with those around us and that kind of thing. And, you know, what, what I'm noticing, especially in the reason I really wanted to do the journey back to love pieces, I think that, you know, you see so many children in their innocence and in that, in that clarity, you know, it's like they, 
so many of these souls just bring this clarity of love into their experience. And then, you know, you know, the human condition is what the human condition is and, and stuff happens, you know, and we get wounded or we get whatever you want to call that, those kinds of experiences. But what I noticed is that, you know, myself included, it's like you come with all of this awareness of love and then that kind of your perception of love gets um, skewed by, you know, what's yeah. kind of uh, you experience. And then we kind of leave, right? We Most of us kind of go out searching. Anybody who's had any kind of early childhood trauma will know that they're kind of disconnected from their bodies. You know, we call that disassociation and all that other kind of thing. But that's actually not unlike a child diagnosed with autism. You know, when we have any kind of early childhood trauma, we have a tendency to go into other worlds in order to find love in a way that's more more matches what we know that it can be. And so, you know, I think you talk to so many people who are energetically sensitive or multidimensional seers, clairvoyant, clairaudient, whatever you want to say. And if you talk to most of them, they will say that there was some trauma in their childhood. And so, you know, they they end up going into these other worlds to learn about love from a much broader, more refined perspective. But what I noticed is that a lot of those kinds of individuals, they get out there and they stay out there. They get out into the world of spirituality or multidimensional awareness or all kinds of experiences. And then what ends up happening is it feels good. You know, I mean, I can't blame them. I liked it out there, too. It feels uh-huh. really good to be in that space. But at some point, I think that there's this beautiful opportunity to integrate Everything, take everything that we've learned by being out there in the multidimensional world, so to speak, and and reintegrate that right back into our humanity. Bring, use that information to actually heal our early traumas and our wounds and those kinds of things. Give ourselves the opportunity to, from that vantage point, to be present to those parts of us that, you know, are you know, aren't feeling so good, aren't feeling so loved. And so we end up using that broader part of us to overcome our challenges. And when I see people that actually go through that process, they're not only amazingly gifted multidimensionally and have insights and awarenesses that they can offer humanity, but they're also really decent human beings. You know, they're also very loving, compassionate, um, on, a, on, a, on a 3D kind of a human level, you know. Um, they can be part of the greater community in a loving and compassionate way and still hold all the awareness and all the information that they have been privy to. Yeah. And that's why I really wanted to do that process. I mean, I it, it was my process. So, you know, I just um, 
yeah, I just watched it over and over again. Um, when they come back, wow. <laughs> you know, like, that's like lightning lightning hitting the earth. It's like uh, I think um, when I was working with uh, Dr. Tiller, I remember him saying, yeah. you know, it only takes it takes one avatar, you know, on this planet to, like, impact something like 20,000 people or something like that. And I remember uh-huh. thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, it's like – but avatars are no longer just, you know, the the Christs and the Buddhas and the saints and the sages of, you know, days past. Now avatars are, you know, regular human beings, you know, moms, dads, accountants, you know, people that yes. are, you know, yeah, are seeing through a different lens but also bringing that lens back, making the round trip, I guess is the way I like to say it. And yeah, being present yeah. here. So, yeah. and and let me say something that um, um, having never met Dr. Tiller, but just observing him, just in what <laughs> what the belief, for example, you can feel the warmth of his own humanity. You feel like you could just walk right up to him and talk to him, <laughs> and you know anyone, and and he would. You can just feel he's a loving soul, even while being such a um, you know expansive. Explorer yeah. at the same time, yeah. and, and what a what a he's, joy it must be to work with him. Yeah, he's very human, and that that yeah. capacity for love, I think, is you know, it's what drives you know, it drives what he's done in the world, and just you know, like so many of us, I mean, it's we all, yeah, I mean, you know this, Susan. I mean, you know that from that innocence that you were. You know, and what you what you said very early on, it's like we're kind of, yeah. It's that's what drives the whole show, isn't it? Yeah, I love how you you use this concept of integration. Um, it's very important for many of us, and and I know that um, you know if I relate it to my own path, my own path has been, and we can be really. Um, Somewhat untethered, I mean, and, and actually that can be wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. it really can. Though you can also crash in that. <laughs> There's both the wonderful yes. and the, the 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 crashing part sometimes. But <laughs> but then you know, I have to say, my own journey was was of this awakening, and it was like, wow. I mean, really feeling the love. I mean, I felt at the beginning of all of this, like I was just totally in the presence at that time, you know, mm-hmm. how I would have said God. I mean, I remember saying to myself, I am in the presence of the living God. I mean, you could just feel the love. Mm-hmm. It was just so powerful. And I was just in my car, you know. I mean, I could feel <laughs> this present in my life and through this awakening. And it was rather dramatic. Well, oh, this was many years ago. This was, gosh, now we're looking almost... 15 years ago or something, I mean, it was a long time ago, and it was very dramatic, and it took a while. There was a little drama, and un- and, and and it was just a little, um, it was somewhat disruptive. Well, not just somewhat. It mm-hmm. was. It, it yeah, was of course. Jarring. But then, over time, over time, what I feel happens, and maybe this happens to many of us, we can sort of walk away from it. We can kind of, you know, as much as we surrender to that that feeling and that, that connection, and it, it's actually you really can't shut it down, but you can, mm-hmm. you can kind, yeah. of, kind of walk away from it. 
but I think many of us yearn for and can flow into this space of integration where I find now it comes to me more gently. Um, mm-hmm. There are these wonderful reassurances and and um, and perhaps I ease more gently into even great you know more expansiveness again in a in a more integrated fashion. Um, and I, I'm finding something else. And then I'll, I always seem to have a long thing to, to share here. No, I'll, that's awesome. It's great. <laughs> I'm finding something else about integration is more and more I'm being called to be a part of my community. And mm-hmm. I'm out there. I mean, I used to hide my Facebook page. <laughs> like I, just, <laughs> I, I like had this life, you know, where I had this show and, what I was doing, and I didn't necessarily want my neighbors, you know, to know or people that I might be volunteering with. I do a lot of volunteer work. I'm the president on a board for something in my community, all this stuff I I do now. Well, now it's like I'm just out there. I mean, people are, are you know, they see that, that I'm, I've got this spiritual side. And what I'm beginning to discover, Susie, is there are people all around me Who's kind of mm-hmm. been hiding their, their side? Yes, you know, yes. They, they some other tradition, but I am amazed by what happens. Or sometimes, just really spontaneous things, and I don't think anyone would mind. I had an experience where someone I was just volunteering with, just spontaneously, didn't know anything about me, Susie, and started telling me about her NDE, and really mm. hadn't really ever talked to anybody about it. Um, and yeah. had no idea that I was really a really good person to be talking to, you know, about this. And so, um, and it just happened. And so you get this feeling, and, and I just, I I could tell she was looking for more love. We're all, we're all, um, mm-hmm. there, are, there are things that facilitate our opening up to, to right. being there for ourselves and one another. I, I think you make such a good point there, Susan, too, because I think as we go through that integration process, and for me, integration is really all that means to me is, again, our capacity to love these little places within us that we haven't been able to love before. It's like we're inviting that part of ourselves into wholeness, into the totality of who we are. But I think yeah. the natural byproduct of that is that as we integrate more and more, we actually putting out a, kind of an, uh, an energetic pulse or an energetic frequency that is going to attract all kinds of individuals into our lives that are, that are a reflection of that inner integration. And this uh-huh. is, and, and I agree with you. So I think when we're, when we're first, having the experiences that we're having, you know, we, we believe and probably rightly so that other people don't understand that or, or they're not having those same kind of experiences. But as we integrate that, we start pulling people towards our experience that, um, that we actually can have that conversation with. So when people say to me something like, well, I feel so disconnected from, you know, whomever, it's like they're still in some degree of an integration process back into their humanity because what you'll, I I was laughing too, I um, was 
finding out that, you know, I, I just get to the point now, it's like I don't have anything to lose other than just by being as authentic as I can. And, you know, you say yeah. certain things to certain people, you know, depending on what the situation is. But it, it was, it became really interesting to me. I'd go and have my eyebrows waxed and the woman would say, what do you do? And I would kind of tell her a version of whatever it is. And she, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I'd like to talk to you about that. And, and, you know, so you're uh-huh. getting your eyebrows waxed and you're having that. Or the guy comes and does the pool and, you know, we're having these amazing conversations about consciousness and about, you know, emotional intelligence. And, and you know, so it's like everybody around you just starts showing up and and showing you um, that those integrated aspects of yourself. They also show up and show you the unintegrated aspects of yourself. But but the interesting part is, is once we really kind of go, oh, that person's just there, that person that's really rubbing me the wrong way, they're just there to show me something that's unintegrated. And if I let them kind of go do their own thing, don't put project or blame that on them, but just kind of go, okay, where within me is whatever that characteristic is? Can I love that as well? then all of a sudden that person gets replaced by somebody that reflects something a little bit uh, more coherent. Yes, yes. You know, I went through a period where, and, and this still happens to me to some degree, where it was uncomfortable for me, Susie, to, um, I had a couple of experiences where people would talk about what had happened to them, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. maybe a dramatic awakening or whatever. And I found myself like, I couldn't listen. I mean, and this is, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to listen. Like, I wanted to be compassionate. <laughs> and it was like, what's going on here? You know, and, and it didn't happen with the MBE experience where my friend was telling me about that. And maybe it was part of my journey. But it was like, it was like I just didn't want to listen. You know, I didn't want to hear that. And so then I realized that more and more that's probably, if you look at it, when we can't, when we're mm-hmm. having trouble connecting to an experience, if it even really pushes us hard, um, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what it was doing for me, it's because I'm having trouble accepting that in me. <laughs> oh, that, totally, know, yeah. Yeah, is that there's that aspect that, you know, I'm still projecting things around that experience. And I will tell you that when I went through this awakening, you know, I was in a very conservative place. And what was being projected from outside of me was that, oh, you know, when you dabble in, you know, new age type stuff, that's demonic. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I even had some people, this is like in Kansas, they wanted to burn my books, my new age books. (laughs) (laughs) They said the minister, I didn't go to this church, but the minister of their church could burn the books in his backyard because he was kind of a neighbor. And it's like, I said no, but anyway... I had some. I need to write my own book one of these days about these experiences because I've had these fascinating interactions. But a lot of this had to do ultimately, and I feel this is part of your message is, you know, it's like what are we loving about what happened in our lives or who we are or those parts of ourselves that are um, uncomfortable or maybe we don't understand or society has messaging about that really isn't accurate and we haven't fully embraced the truly loving Mm -hmm. 
and authentic way of understanding what's actually happening and who we are. Well said. (laughs) It's like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, if if we see the outer landscape as as reflections of, you know, the places that we've integrated and the places that we haven't integrated, you know, the places that we've loved and the places that we haven't yet been able to love ourselves, then it, it does. It just becomes this, yeah, it becomes this really beautiful ride or this very beautiful opportunity to kind of not take things so personally you know, yeah. and we do. We take it personally until we don't, right? We we take it personally when we think that it's when we still believe that we're kind of separate from, you know, those that are presenting themselves around us. But when we really get to the place where we're like, no, it's like this individual is simply showing me something about myself. And if it's triggering to me, it really has nothing to do with that individual. It has to do with, you know, the fact that there's something there that I can look at. There's something that I can be aware of. And I know that there are more than a few times <laughs> where, you know, I, I get I get this and I peel these layers of this away bit by bit. And then there will be those moments where you go, no, that, that particular issue, that has got to be that person's issue. You know, it's like, you know, uh-huh. I'm triggered or whatever. It's like, no, that belongs over there. No, it does. That book doesn't belong over there either. You know, it's like the only. And I, we really begin to know um, that integrated wholeness. We get to realize ourselves as that integrated wholeness when all kinds of individuals stand in front of us and do whatever it is they do, but there's no trigger to it. Yeah, right. There's just, it. you know, you can watch, you can still have people come up in your outer landscape and rant and rave and have a, I mean, I remember a long time ago, I was at a gas station and I just, you know, I, I had pulled into the, you know, to up to the pump and somebody was really aggravated with me. He thought that I had cut him off or whatever. And so I didn't even, you know, obviously I wasn't aware of that. So, but as he was walking towards me, I could tell, wow, this guy's coming. He's really angry. And he starts yelling and, you know, getting all upset. And all I could think of to myself was, wow, I'm really sorry that you feel that way about yourself. I'm really Uh sorry. All these things that there was, so there was no trigger in that particular situation. Now, there are plenty of situations where there's plenty of triggers, but, but, in those moments where we really can kind of go, wow, there's an individual that's having an absolute hissy fit in front of you and there's no trigger within you, that, that doesn't belong to you. There's, there's, you're just there to love that person, right? If it is triggering, then same as you're there to love that part of yourself. So it gets really yeah. simple too, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think many of us can relate to that kind of thing. You know, our heart is racing. You know, we we end up in a situation. I actually had a similar situation where I went, I was going to a library I'd never been to before, and I went up the down row. 
and apparently <laughs> parked in front of somebody who wanted the space. And this gentleman was so angry, he literally followed yeah. me all the way into the library. And I wish I could say I responded as expansively as you <laughs> a few years ago. Although, um, you know, we have that tendency to react, you know, and he actually right. was frightened. I just told him, you know, I was going to report him, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. I wish, you know, now I can look back on that experience, you know, even though in the experience I didn't yell at him because I was afraid. And, you know, this program's about fear. Um, mm-hmm. and um, But I didn't find that space. But now I can look back on it, and I find that experience fascinating. He kept yelling at me, you weren't following <laughs> the rules. That's what he was yelling uh. at me. Follow the rules, and now I look yes. at that, and you just reminded me of it. I mean, so symbolic, in a way. Um, you know, sometimes we don't follow the rules, <laughs> and actually, well, yeah. Uh, and, but it was. And given, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, and okay. given your, given your religious background that you talked about earlier, you've got uh-huh. somebody yelling at you saying you're not following the rules. Oh and, my God! And of I hadn't course, thought of that. that <laughs> yeah, there's there's that yeah. part of you inside that's that's still kind of trying to figure out how do I follow the rules? And so again, uh-huh. he's just going, there's that part of you that still believes that you need to follow the rules and can you love yourself even though you're not going to follow the rules, you know? Right. And, and you know, yeah. now, you know, something that I appreciate, and I was actually going to ask you this question before you raised that and this kind of flows into it, is the passage of time, these experiences are still meaningful. I mean, we're talking about that experience I had, and I've never thought about it in that perspective quite. And, um, you know, I wish I had had more compassion at the time, and now probably I would, you know, because to me your response was a response of love for yourself and love for him. Like, you know, what could it be that would cause this person, you know, to 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 have so to be in this space of not loving themselves and, you know, just um, I, the question I was going to ask before we entered into this had to do with patience, is that it seems as we observe our own unfolding lives, um, and it can be over a passage of years, it seemed to be, I mean, I'm sure it can happen with, with younger people, but it, it's often as we get through midlife, um, we we can be impatient, with getting there, wherever there is, um, mm-hmm. in terms of integration. But it seems like the lessons tend to teach us let time do their work. So my question for mm-hmm. you is the space of how you work with people. How do you um, um, view this, this concept of time and impatience and, and you know, um, you know, how we have this tendency sometimes in the spiritual community for things to come in a rush. You know, we don't necessarily want that, um, but we just want to, you know, we don't want to deal with those wounds. Um, You know, I'm dealing with the don't follow the the rule wound right now. Yeah, yeah. So, and and how do we help ourselves just breathe and, and, you know, let ourselves deal with it and in the time we need to? Well, <laughs> I love that you bring up patience, Susan, because I uh-huh. think if, if anything, that's probably my, uh, on the one hand, in my own life, my own personal life, I, I'm right there with anybody else who has challenges with patience. And 
Yeah. And I, I want to address this from a couple different points. First, I want to say that for many people who are clairvoyant, clairaudient, whatever, and and can actually see into the future and or see what a potential impossibility is kind of from the moment, like sometimes from the moment I meet somebody, I can see what the potential impossibility is. But it uh-huh. may be years before that actually comes to fruition, or it may be bec- it may be months before it comes to fruition. And so, from that standpoint, that that is a that is that's challenging to me. And what I what it has taught me anyway is, yes, you might be able to see a potential impossibility, but even if you can see a potential impossibility. That doesn't necessarily mean that over time that it's going to play out like you think it's going to play out anyway. So it's really better to come back into the moment, back into the now. So I've I've had one opportunity after another to kind of get my hand slapped and say, no, nope, go back to the now, go back to the moment. Stay uh-huh. present right uh-huh. here, right now, right? So, So there's a huge, you know, there's a huge learning in that. The other thing I want to say about the question about, you know, we all want to get there faster faster or whatever, but again, you know, get, like you said, get where. And I think that so many when we kind of enter um, a, our spiritual journeys or whatever, we enter it with the mindset of what has been programmed into us as far as, you know, just like we make spirituality just like keeping up with the Joneses, right? So it's like whether it's yeah. getting the next car, the next house, or the next job, people enter sometimes their spiritual experience, and they try to put that same <laughs> that same program onto their spiritual development. And, and we find out really fast that, that that world in that realm does not respond to that. And so you can want something to happen forever and you can really suffer quite a bit because you want something other than what is in that moment. And, and you will also get your hand slapped over and over again because we can want whatever we want, but the, the soul becomes um, becomes the main director at some point if we will allow it. And when when we allow it, I think we get to this place where we kind of go, you know what, the now moment is exactly as it's supposed to be. The now moment is absolutely as it should be, and I might as well love it as it is because it's the moment I've got, right? It's That's what's here and what's present. And so, again, that's an opportunity to love beyond what we thought we could love before. It's, I think so many times when we say, I want to be over there, I want to be doing whatever, we're still saying to ourselves, there's a part of us that we can't love unless we have something external. And I think that, you know, the deeper our spiritual journeys become, the more we realize that there is nothing external to us that is is there to make us um, 
yeah, there's nothing external to us that is going to bring us to that state of love. It's like it's the difference between searching for love and beginning to realize that you are it, you know, being love, you are it. And so the moment that we're kind of like, I'd like to be somewhere down the path, I think we're negating the fact that that love that we're looking for is right there. It's right there in the moment. And sometimes we have to be willing to be fully present to that moment to begin to realize that. Does that make sense? No, it does. And something you make me really think about here that um, is when we talk about things that are external to us is we can have a tendency, it seems like, and you talk about patterns, I know, too, is that we can find ourselves having a pattern of behavior where we attach to something external. And so if something, you know, um, I had an experience last year. I I had a house for many years that I used to consider my dream house and had Mm -hmm. gotten it when I was an engineer. I was in a management um, lead situation, you know, and I I got it in a different capacity. Well, Mm -hmm. last year, many reasons because of even just my life as my son had gone off to college and I'm off in my own life a certain way it was time to let that go and how I let it go felt tumultuous at the time like it was like the universe was pushing me (laughs) (laughs) my my natural inclination was to hold on even my head well, you know, it's logical to hold on because, you know, the, the yeah. values go up or whatever, you know, the external thing. So I was attaching to this thing. Well, it turns out, Susie, once I let it go, everything flowed from it. I mean, yeah. not only did I find myself now in a place where um, I'm actually renting, but I'm renting something I could, could, you know, normally wouldn't buy and wouldn't necessarily want to buy that's out in a beautiful setting. And I uh, I love it so much. Now here's the lesson. Now I find myself being the imperfect yet perfect soul that I am, attaching to this. It's like yeah, okay, oh, of course. You know, there's a tendency to want to say, okay, you know, I got to keep this going. You know, I love this yeah. place. And 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 so and then I started to realize, hey, you know, wait a second, why are you clinging? So I let go, you know, and somewhere around in all of this, I feel, is this notion of certainly the moment, you know, appreciating the moment. We're here. Um, um, mm-hmm. You know, yesterday I was working with this with myself. It's like we never know anything in our lives can change. And can we just let mm-hmm. go? When things are going well, we sometimes tend to attach to, um, <laughs> and it's not good for us. I mean, and often they just flow through. We don't just we don't spend all our time worrying because if we do that, that's going to be really counterproductive. But And we know that. But um, just even these fleeting thoughts of wanting to cling and to help ourselves mm-hmm. to appreciate the current moment. And like right now, I'm appreciating, you know, I'm looking out at these beautiful trees. And there's the countryside <laughs> all around. I mean, it's just wonderful where I find myself. And just love that in this moment. I am here. And, you know, I love this moment. <laughs> Well, you're you're making me smile from ear to ear, Susan, because I'm literally sitting at my desk in my office, and I've got the um, – I had a realtor come to my house not too long ago because I'm thinking, it's really time for me to sell this house. And, oh and same thing, all these ideas. And I'm, I literally am, have the folder for the, 
the property profile right in front uh-huh. of me. Like if I could, right here, and I'm going, yeah, just make the phone call. <laughs> it's just like well, just, if I, I go ahead and do it. For you. Isn't that amazing? How I love synchronicity in that in that way. Well, and and you know what? A year ago today, I was in exactly that position where I finally made the decision in my case that yes, <laughs> yes, I need to let let this go, and it was the best thing, you know, in my case, mm-hmm. it was absolutely the right yeah. thing to do, so so how funny, but but yeah, you know, with our homes, um, our homes can be, um, they're kind of reflections of us, you know, we kind of expand, oh, we yeah. fill our homes, and, and so, <laughs> um, so how do we flow, here's the good question for both of us, is um, just flow in this world, you know, let us let us be where we're supposed to be, you know, and, and yeah. trust comes into play here. You know, um, once I surrendered to the process, I mean, it went really well. I mean, I had an up offers, you know, offers above <laughs> the price. And, and it uh-huh. was really, it, it flowed really well. And then, of course, I, I just found this place I'm in, which is wonderful. Just driving by, I mean, that was a miracle. And I had actually seen that. Talk about some visionary work. I had seen and envisioned that's what I really wanted. I saw myself driving on a country road, seeing a for rent sign, and literally saying to the universe, that's really what I want. What, you know, I'd love <laughs> this to happen. And that exactly happened on a day that I was traveling from two places that were making signs for an event that I was working on. So between two sign makers was the sign in front of the house that had never been posted on the internet um, was just there, as if waiting. And so, anyway, I'm, I, and that's just an example of a multidimensional experience, appreciating yeah. the now, and letting go and accepting, and then not clinging. <laughs> well, and I tell you, I had a uh, acupuncturist uh, doctor friend of mine a long time ago, and he, I, he used to say the same thing to me all the time. And especially he would talk to me about my inpatients also, you know, at that time as well. Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, Susie, he goes, you, al- you always know exactly where you're supposed to be because that's where you are. Uh-huh. It's like, uh-huh. how could we be anywhere else, right? You know, so I think it's just a matter of are we, are we angry because we're, of where we are? Are we disappointed because of where we are? Or are we actually, you know, present to and in enjoyment of where we are knowing that in the next moment we may not be there anyway you know so it's just you know it's and like you say it's like you just flowed right from in this moment I'm going to sell my house to in this moment there's the house that I'm going to purchase or rent in this moment you know you can look outside and enjoy what you've got around you yes yeah so cool it really is, and and it feels like as we open ourselves up more, um, the the universe is filled with delights that we really wouldn't even have envisioned. Because what I found was more, and I had to look beyond some things. Like on the outside, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a whole lot, you know. And maybe that's why nobody called on it. You walk inside; it's beautifully, lovingly yeah. taken care. Of. It's just older, you know. And and so many things like that. I mean, and it was perfect, just things that are perfect for me and and my son who comes visiting from college. So, I mean, it's a 
it's a really wonderful thing to be in that space of flow when it happens, and you can feel it and you know it, and it's just like you are so loved and supported. That's what you feel when yeah. it happens. Yep. Yeah, and all that requires is that is that we listen, right? That we actually uh-huh. listen. We kind of, when we hear those nudges, I don't know about you, but it's taken me quite some time to actually get to the place where I go, Oh, okay, yeah, now it is time to, you know, put oh. it on the market or that kind of thing. Oh, but, you know, it's like we hear, the, we hear those nudges for years, yeah, oh before we God. actually listen to it. Yeah, yeah and, and even now, I like I say, I'm working with my own patterns now, <laughs> you know, clinging yep, to this we place. All too much. And, and no, we, we all have that journey. I mean, I yeah, love to absolutely. hear you talk about it. And you know what? Mentioning a journey, my goodness, we've just flowed with this conversation. I love talking to you. You are such a delight. You are fun to talk to. <laughs> um, you too. But I want to, oh, thank you. And I want to give you the opportunity before the live show goes off, because we won't be cut off, um, to, to make sure people know how to find your program and, and, you know, what you have coming up and everything for the live audience listening right now. Yeah, so um, the Journey Back to Love, um, the new cycle of that will start in January. Um, there's actually a, a discounted private session deal that we do on in December and June of every year that gives people the opportunity to do private work um, with me and, yeah, at much, much discounted rates. So that will be coming out here pretty soon as well. And so for people who aren't already on the mailing list, that's probably the best way to stay abreast of everything that's coming up and available. And people can find that at suzymiller.com. So and I'm S-U-Z-Y Miller.com. So, yeah, Journey Back to Love's coming up. Uh, Awesomeism Practitioner Process is going to go online beginning in December. So that's actually going to be an online classroom, which I'm really excited about after all this time. Uh-huh. And yeah. so, yeah, so there's a lot of fun things coming up. I, yeah. Well, if it resonates, uh, I'd love you. to hear from people. Yeah, I hope so, that, that people who are listening even now or across time, I mean, really go and explore Susie's site, susiemiller.com, Susie with a Z, as she says. And um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so um, inspired by you, Susie, and, and excited to see what what you continue to expand into. I think that's very exciting virtual work i mean that's wonderful so um so anyway thank you so much Susie, from my heart for everything that you're doing and for for being such a such an expansive soul here today sharing you, you just you're making me smile i'm really uplifted today <laughs> thank you thanks for having me susan it was great to talk to you again okay yeah well i hope to talk to you once again in the future and more so so thank you so much Take care, Susie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just a quick note to those of you listening live before the live show goes down. We will be on the air during Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. I know. Welcome to those of you listening across the world. I so appreciate you, too. Um, on Tuesday, November 21st is our next show. It's a little earlier, 11 a.m. Pacific, because we're talking to someone who I believe is in Spain. Um, Pia? Orleans is going to talk about sacred retreats. 
So that'll be a very interesting topic and how we can find the sacred in, in settings. So something that really speaks to my heart. So join us um, during Thanksgiving week. And if you're entering into your holiday week with your a wonderful week coming up. And yes, to those of you across the world, I see you out there. I am so delighted to see these maps of where this show is going out. And I know many of you are listening across time, and um, we are in the podcast right now, and so I recognize that across time and across space. And I I do so appreciate you. Um, some of you are in just... Um, places in the world that, that some of us may feel that um, there's a lot of strife there, although I suppose people may say that about the U.S. right now. But anyway, I hope this show helps you to find that space of inner peace and the pathways and the gateways to finding that space. And be patient with yourselves because we're all on a journey. We're all going to experience fears. Our hearts will race sometimes. And it, I love how Susie today helped us to understand, you know, when something externally is happening around us that may seem agitating, to find that lesson of love within it. Find that lesson. It's so important, and it guides us to compassion for ourselves and for others. So thank you again, everyone. Um, to learn more about this show, FrontierBeyondFear.com. Don't think I've mentioned that today. This show will be highlighted there for quite some time and in the archive indefinitely. And you can always find out what's coming up there. And um, and feel free to follow the show either on Facebook, Twitter, on Blog Talk Radio itself. I invite you to see what's coming up. So thank you, everyone. Um, find that peaceful space today. Take care. Thank you.